In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Amen. We've been blessed over the last few days by the ministry of um, Reverend Eastwood Anaba. Uh, we're grateful to him for the sacrifice. Uh, for Eastwood to get here, he first has to fly out of Bolgatanga, which is in the north of, of Ghana, fly into Accra, and then catch a flight from Accra here. And we're just grateful for, with his busy schedule, him giving us this time to be with us uh, here at Jesus House. Um, we're grateful for his heart for this church, his, his desire for this church to fulfill God's plans and God's purposes. And um, if you're watching online, uh, if you've been with, with us on this journey, of course you have received the grace of God for Second Wind. And if you're joining for the first time, then, then we'll welcome you as you join us at this halfway point in this journey. And we're going to appreciate Reverend Eastwood as the video tribute runs and comes to an end. At the end, please let's rise up and let's appreciate the gift of God in him um, as he really uh, does what is his closing night for us uh, at Pursuit of God 2019. Amen. Reverend Eastwood Anaba is an anointed speaker and a forthright preacher of the word. He is a mentor and father to those whom God has placed under his care. His ministry centers on the Holy Ghost, righteousness, discipline and order in the body of Christ. He is the author of over 40 books, including his bestsellers, God's End Time Militia, The Quest for Supremacy and The Love Revolution. We are privileged to have him here with us today. Please rise and give a warm welcome to Reverend Eastwood Anaba. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands to Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that your anointing will be strong in our lives today. Amen. We ask in Jesus' name for the outpouring of your spirit. And we ask that you lead us into the overflow Amen. by your anointing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You may be seated and God bless. Well, we thank God for tonight. And um, it's, it's so surprising to see so many of you here. After yesterday, and then you went to Trafalgar Square, and you are back here. And it's not like you are coming on loaded stomachs. You are coming fasting. It, it, it's amazing. It's a blessing. And it is only effective leadership that can get people to do this. Um, if you are not called and you tell people to fast for 20 days, 21 days in England and in the U.S. and so on and so forth, you'll be fasting alone with your family. <laughs> but um, if people can follow you and fast in this part of the world, then you are truly blessed. I want to do something quickly. I pray that we'll be able to have the grace to do it as quickly as we can. And um, I pray that you will follow. Um, Pastor Agu, thank you so much for having me. I know it's, it, it's, this is one of the churches you don't take it for granted when you are invited to speak. Because um, 
It's a very big, it's a, number one, it's a big church for shy people like me to speak in. Um, you, you know, whenever I say I'm shy, people are like you. I remember one day I said I was shy, and a woman was sitting behind me. She said, never. When I was a young boy, anytime visitors came to our house, I hid under the bed until they left. Out of intimidation, I didn't want to face people. I don't know how I got into all this trouble that I'm in, but, but I believe that tonight will be very anointed. It will be very blessed. I, my body, of course, is a little tired, but I believe I'll pick up along the line. I had to sit in the train today to go to Manchester two hours and two hours back. I just got back around 5.30, so I'm still trying to gain my stability. Um, somebody said, what did he go to Manchester to do? To revive Manchester United. <laughs> I went to hold a prayer meeting for Paul Pogba and to, to deliver them and to put an anointing on David De Gea so that when the ball is coming, he can catch it at once <laughs> and stop all that thing. And then pray for Anthony Martial. He should be more active. And then Alex, Alexis Sanchez to finish that struggle once and for all. Uh -huh. And then Paul Pogba, he should stand on his feet. He shouldn't fall. And, 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 and what is the name? Phil Jones. No more penalties. And then I have to talk to, um, what is the name of the other one? Um, Eric Bailey, please. In the 18th, stand, don't fall. Don't kick, you may cause a penalty. And then talk to all of them. And Beck, under Herrera, don't go. Stay with us, we need you. And then tell Alexis Sanchez, please reduce the price a little so that others will stop fighting for more money so that the team... How does he know all this? Hey, as for football, I like it. I mean, to the thing, serious. But, but that is just a joke. I, I went to do something else. <laughs> I'm going to be speaking to you on what I call the complete anointing. And as usual, the book is there for you to go and get and read. You can never have an overflow until you are anointed. Tonight, I want to concentrate on one of the groups of people in Israel who were denied any chance of getting an overflow in life. And those people were called lepers. But if you want an overflow, you must have an anointed mind. Your mind must be anointed. That is why he said, thou anointest my head with oil. When the oil comes upon your head, then he said, my cup runneth over. If your mind is not anointed, you cannot have an overflow. People think the anointing is only when the power of God is manifested, people are healed, the dead are raised, and so on and so forth. Your mind must be anointed. Then your eyes must be anointed. He said, pray that your eyes will be anointed with eye salve so that thou mayest see. Then your mouth must be anointed. I was surprised when the Bible said to, to Moses and to Aaron, he said, and I will be with your mouth. I knew about God being with people, but God being with your mouth, that means he's going to empower your mouth and whatever you say, he will endorse it. Then your hands must be anointed. And today I'll be talking about the anointed hands. I will stay on the anointed hands.
predominantly. And your feet also must be anointed. When I watch the young man standing here today and leading us to pray, I just said this man has got anointed feet because we are standing in the United Kingdom and we are praying for this city. And I was sitting there and the Lord told me, he said, when you go home, just take from this young man's presentation. And I saw the United Kingdom flag on the screen. And I was just sitting there and the Lord ministered to me, when you go back home, just spend, you know, we are also doing fasting and prayer. And this is day number 22 of ours. And we are going up to 40 days. And when I go home, taking inspiration from you, we are going to spend the next, when I get home, the last two weeks of the fasting, we are just going to spend the last few weeks just blessing our land, blessing Ghana, blessing um, Bogatanga and the upper East region of Ghana, just, just blessing the land because I could feel that all the prayer, you are just blessing a land. And many of you were not even born here, but look at the passion you have for the land. When you listen to Pastor Agu, all you see is United Kingdom. He, 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 he's not here as if he's a pilgrim who is trying to just make a little attempt, gather something and run back to his hometown. You know, there, there are many people who are like that. They are in a country and they are not passionate about the country. They want to use that nation to achieve their objectives. But Jesus' house is not like that. You are kingdom-minded. You want a revival on the land. You want restoration on the land. And I pray that God will answer your prayer in the name of Jesus. So, anointed feet. God told Joshua, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread, I've given it to you for your possession. Now, I made a point that one of the people, groups of people in the Bible, and even today, who are denied any chance of having an overflow is a leper. As soon as you were declared leprous in Israel, your life was almost over. In Leviticus chapter 13, the Bible talks about the diagnosis of leprosy. And in chapter 14, it talks about the cleansing of leprosy. In speaking about the diagnosis of leprosy, in Leviticus 13, the verse number 42 to 46, the Bible talks about the fact that if you were there and um, you saw that you had um, a pimple, a reddish pimple on your head. You will have to go to the priest. If you realize that that reddish pimple is becoming whitish and it is spreading in a circular direction, you go to the priest. He will examine you, send you back home, bring you again, send you back home, bring you again. At a certain point, if he concludes that what you have is leprosy, and they classify all kinds of, many kinds of skin diseases to be leprosy, including the common leprosy we know, the white leprosy, the, the lepra vulgaris. So they, they, they classified all these things as leprosy. And in the chapter 14, the treatment or the cleansing is prescribed. But if you were a leper, you were then told that as a leper, you have to shave your hair. Everything has to be bare. In other words, you carry no glory. Then you will have to cover your upper lip. They did that thing to the dead. In other words, as a leper, you are declared a dead man. Then you have to tear your clothing. 
Tearing your clothing is done by mourners. If somebody lost a relative and is mourning, you tore your clothes. So they were telling the leper, you are dead. Your whole family is dead. And that is because they will see you again. Then you are ostracized from the society. They remove you and place you somewhere else. You are despised. You are rejected. You have to go about everywhere crying unclean, unclean, so that anybody who is coming in co into contact with you will just escape and hide. Leprosy was the last thing you wanted. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I may not be carrying physical leprosy, but there are many types of leprosy. Um, it, it's, it's unfortunate that sometimes the church in defining some things, the church in defining certain things, um, we make it very narrow. So if you read, theologians will tell you that leprosy is a kind of sin. How many of you have heard that? That leprosy is a kind of sin. So leprosy is a kind of sin. That is true. But there are many things that are like leprosy. In Ghana, I come from minority tribe. Where I come from, I come from the northern part of Ghana. And so sometimes you can go to some parts of Ghana and the way they will treat you. They will look down on you. Um, you, you are in another country. Sometimes just your accent can give you challenges. People pretend they don't understand what you are saying. I remember one day I was in the U.S. and I was trying to buy something, and the lady was pretending she wasn't understanding what I, what I was saying, an African-American. By the time I gave one sentence, two sentences, she pretended she wasn't understanding. Then I asked her, why is her accent so bad? Now, I took the accent thing and put it on her. <laughs> now, she, 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 then she's like, what did I say? I said, your accent is bad. You, you don't speak good English. <laughs> so, instantly, she started understanding me. <laughs> Gave me everything I wanted, did everything I wanted for me. I said, good afternoon. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, and, uh, you know, at times, I go to some of the churches and I'm going to speak, and instead of listening to what I'm saying, they are listening to my accent. Then I tell them, I've written 90 books. Somebody who doesn't understand the English language cannot write 90 books. They are not written in vernacular. <laughs> and I tell them, if you can't understand what I'm saying, go and buy the book and read, because a book has no accent. Huh? So, sometimes, even the way you speak, can let some people decide not to listen to you. Your complexion, among even the blacks, we are black blacks and white blacks. You know, Pastor Agu is a white black, or he's a black white. You can see he's light-skinned. Me, I am black man proper. You understand what I'm saying? Um, the, the people I came with today, Uncle Joe at the end, when he's speaking, you, you think he's a British man, you know, and, and he said, you, you know, so daddy, when I coming back, when I coming back, me too, I say, when are you coming back? <laughs> Both of us are communicating, everybody try. And, 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 and I tell the Americans, I say, even Arnold Schwarzenegger, you understand him. Why are you pretending not to understand me? <laughs> so let's move out of all this, all this, um, you know, so leprosy, People can turn your illiteracy into leprosy. They can turn your physical looks into leprosy. 
Any kind of challenge you have, people can turn it into leprosy. Even your family background. So, my Bible said in the book of Leviticus chapter 14 and the verse number 13, let's look at the treatment of the leprosy. Leviticus 14, please. Verse 13, 14, verse 13. Or maybe accent made us get one. <laughs> and I want the King James, the, the original, the King James. I don't know why I like this, my King James thing. And he shall slay the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering and in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. Let's keep going because we are going up to verse 18. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed and upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe. Oh, you are too fast. Go back to verse 14. So the priest is taking the blood and he's putting it on the tip of the right ear and he's putting it on the thumb of the right hand and he's putting it on the great toe of the right foot. Now watch this. So they take the, tre the trespass offering, they take the lamb, they slay the lamb, and they take the blood, and the priest now puts it on the tip of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and then the great toe of the right foot. Now let's go. Verse number 15. And the priest shall take some of the lock of oil and pour into the palm of his left hand, and the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand, and shall sprinkle of the oil in his finger seven times. So stay here. Now the priest now, after applying the blood to the leper, takes oil and puts it in his left hand. And you will have to watch all these things carefully. He puts the oil in the left hand. And that is because a human being's heart is displaced more towards the left. So the oil is in the left hand to signify the fact that the anointing does not start from your hand. You see, oh, that, that man's hand is anointed. Anointing doesn't start from the hand. It starts from the heart. So the oil must start from the heart. And he takes his right hand and puts it in the left hand and fetches the oil to apply. That means your hand can only apply an anointing that begins from your heart. And he sprinkles the oil before the Lord seven times. Seven is a number of completeness. And you are sprinkling the oil before the Lord. That means they are dedicating the oil to the Lord. Anointing oil you have not prayed over and dedicated to the Lord. Don't use it because it's just a cosmetic agent. Verse number 17. And of the rest of the oil that is in his hand, shall the priest put upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the blood of the trespass offering. I like that. Upon the blood of the trespass offering. What he's saying is that oil must be on blood to be effective. In other words, the anointing can only be effective if the one you are applying the oil on has been washed by the blood of Jesus. But if somebody's not, his sins are not cleansed by the blood of Jesus, the person is not washed in the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the world is not applied on him. And you put anointing oil on him, you are wasting your time. And many times we put the anointing oil on wrong people. He said the oil shall be on the blood of the trespass offering. Now, first of all, he takes the oil, Sprinkles it before the Lord. 
dedicating it to the Lord. Then he takes the oil and touches the ear. What is he doing? He's sanctifying the mind. That's why I'm talking about the anointed mind, the anointed ear. He takes some of the oil and touches the top, and he takes some of the oil and touches the toe. The toe represents your walk, your ability to possess and stand. Now, what they did in the Old Testament and in the olden days was if they captured somebody in war, they would take off your right thumb so that you couldn't grip, you couldn't hold, you couldn't have a firm grip of a sword. So if you took a sword to fight and this thumb is not there, you cannot fight effectively. And they also took the great right toe from your right foot so that you don't have stability when you stand to fight. That is what they did to you, just to make you powerless and make you ineffective. Now, the leper is walking about in Israel. Anything he touches is unclean. Anything he does is not accepted. And I'm praying today that an anointing will come upon you, particularly your hand. Today, I'm just dedicated to your hand. May the Lord anoint your hand. May God anoint. When they anointed the thumb, it means your hands are anointed. I was telling one of my daughters, I said, you know, you never know the miracle of my life until you come from where I come from. I come from the northern part of Ghana. When you go to Ghana, public servants, if they transfer them to the northern part of Ghana, some of them resign. They tell you they are not going. I come from there. I grew up there. Up till today, I live there. By the grace of God, I will live there all my life. I do everything I do from there. I've written these books, one, two, three, four, five, up to 90. All of them were printed in England without an exception. And I live in that part of the world. When you live in that part of the world and they Google your name and it comes out, you are a miracle because most of the names are not Googleable. <laughs> no, there are some of you who live in England, but if you Google your name, nothing will come. Air will just come out. <laughs> and the light of the computer will just flash. So I was, I was telling the person that, you know, you will never understand how thankful I am to God until you know where I'm coming from. That is where you know what my family went through a bad experience. And I still know how to stand. Because you know what? Where I'm coming from, God has nothing to prove again. I don't need another miracle to know he's alive. I don't need another miracle to know he's God. The fact that I'm even born again. I was born, I was born to an idol-worshipping father. And I would sit in front of my father with idols and give him the chickens to, to offer to the sack, to the idols. I would give a fowl to my father, a chicken to my father. He would put it on the idol and sometimes speak to it. And the thing would die even before he kills it. That was my background. So when I say translated from darkness into light, I'm not quoting a verse. I'm talking experience. You see, the there are many people who were born into very good families. Oh, it denied you the opportunity to understand translation. 
Some of you were not translated into the kingdom of God. You were transitioned. <laughs> no, yours was transitional. It was a smooth passage with all encumbrances removed. No panic. When I gave my life to Christ at the age of 20, my father told me, you are going to die. You, you will not live even for three months. Because of the potency of the idols they handled. You watch me, I was still there. By the age of, by the time, by 14 years after being born again, he said, I want to come to church and see what you are doing. I had no car. I said, taxi, go and bring it. They brought him, he sat in the church. I think that day, the Holy Ghost knew my father was in church, so the Holy Ghost put on a grand show. <laughs> Pooh. The power of God just went bam. I was under the cloud, healings, deliverances, the power of God, demons, skipping out of people. When we finished, my father called my sister, the one after me, and said, if this is the kind of power your brother is operating in, our idols are nothing. I want to give my life to Jesus. By the following day, I brought an elderly Assemblies of God pastor. He led my father to Christ. I came to England the following week. My prayer warrior said, Daddy, we are waiting. When your son comes, he will come, to, he will come and break down the idols. He asked them, you, are you not pastors? Why don't you come and break them down? Why are you scared? And they were so scared. My father said, you know what? I planted those idols. I uprooted them myself. He went back to the village and broke down all his idols. Now, you know, that's where I'm coming from. That's where I'm coming from. I understand leprosy. I understand what it means to be rejected because of where you come from, because of your background. Sometimes, you know, some of you are, even in our societies, as a single mother or single father, you can be rejected. Somebody wants to marry you. As soon as he realizes you have a child, that's the end of the relationship. We are in a society where people just discriminate against other people. Lepers were discriminated against. And you could not have an overflow. But when the blood and the oil were applied, something changed. I know you are here today. I want to assume that most of you here are born again. But today, some oil is coming upon the blood of the trespass offering. May God put an anointing on your life in the name of Jesus. And I'm particularly interested in the fact that when your thumb is anointed, look at this thumb. It can touch this finger, touch that finger, touch that finger, touch that finger. It is the only finger that can do all that. The only finger that can touch the rest. Any other finger you try to use to touch the other fingers, you will struggle. But this one, it can move. May God give you dexterity. May you be so powerful in your hand. And let me quickly state, you, you can go and read the details later. Because I want to really touch some people's hands today before I go. So I will not spend all the time preaching because you can read. When your hands are anointed, many things will happen, among which are the following four. Number one, if your hands are anointed, everything you touch will multiply. 
Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaves shall not wither. Bring forth his fruit in his season. My Bible said, whatsoever he doeth, he shall prosper. Today I was in a room, and I was trying to use my hand to open a door. And I said, wait a minute. The hands are like about the most used part of a human being. Can you imagine the number of times you use your hands? Sometimes it takes you time to know you have to use your feet. I didn't used to use my feet much until I was told by my fitness trainer that every day I want you to walk 10,000 steps. Then they put a Fitbit on me. As I speak now, she's monitoring me from somewhere. If I don't walk, she will send me a text. Eastwood, you are not moving. Hey, if I don't sleep in the night, the following day she said, you are doing well, but you are not sleeping enough. When they put this thing on me, and I have to now do 10,000 steps a day, then I understood the importance of feet. But as for hands, nobody had to tell me to use them. I used them to write, and then, of course, uh, <laughs> I use it to chop. You know it to chop. Yeah. You use your hands a lot. And I pray that anything you touch, may the thing multiply. Anything Joseph touched, multiplied. Anything Jacob touched, multiplied. Anything Abraham touched, multiplied. Anything Isaac touched, it multiplied. Look at Jesus. They put five loaves of bread into his hands. The Bible said he took the five loaves and he gave thanks. And the five loaves of bread were multiplied. I remember one of our pastors, she was going to a Sunday school. She and her husband, they were going to a Sunday school. And normally at the Sunday school, they prepare sandwiches for children. On that day when she was going, and they normally prepared for 20, their church was a small church, and they used to have about 20 children to 28 for the Sunday school. And they prepare sandwiches for these children. One Sunday she was going to church, she prepared about 30, 28 sandwiches. When they went there, unfortunately for her on that day, the number of children that came were in the excess of 78. So she said, what is going to happen? She said, okay, the older children should sit in front and the younger children at the back. And they started distributing the sandwiches from the back so that by the time it gets to the front, if it's finished, the older ones, she will talk to them, they will understand and they will not protest. And she was so heartbroken because the older ones would not get any of the food. She went and stood somewhere lamenting. All of a sudden, she heard people screaming in the Sunday school. She came back. She said, what is going on? They said, Madam, the bread you gave, the sandwiches for 28 people has fed over 78 people. And we have surplus left. Bread was multiplied in that little church. Let me tell you these people, Jesus Christ is still in the business of multiplying things. I pray in Jesus' name that even if your salary is small, when you get it, pray over it, it will multiply. You know, people accuse churches of having too much money and I tell them it is not the money. Come and see how much they bring into the churches. It is five pounds, ten pounds, one pound. 20 pounds. And the pastor says, we thank you for this offering. We bless this offering in the name of Jesus. Everybody says amen. It looks very routine. 
But many pastors will tell you that the money that comes in, they cannot explain what they do to get the results they get. Because their results are far above the offerings that come in and the tithes. And the same can happen to your salary if you believe. You can receive 3,000 pounds, 2,000 pounds a month and do things people who receive 30,000 pounds cannot do. And I pray anybody that bothered to lift up your hand, may your hand be like Abraham, who said, I have lifted up my hand unto God that I will not receive anything from you. Least you say, I have made Abraham rich. May the Lord multiply the fruit of your labor. Somebody shout an amen. So, multiplication of, of the things in your hands. Jesus took the loaves, they were multiplied. The Bible said, a man from Baal Shalisha brought 20 loaves of bread to the prophet Elisha and he used it to feed 100 people. God is a specialist in multiplying things. Receive that grace. I said receive that grace. I said receive that grace. In the name of Jesus. So the first one is multiplication. The second one is beautification. Everybody say beautification. When you are truly anointed, anything you touch with your hands will be beautified. So if you are anointed, when you touch your husband after two years, that man will be more handsome than you took him from his mother. But if you took a man from his mother and after two years he looks like your grandfather, you need prayers. If you took a woman from her father. And after two years, people meet you and say, is that your auntie? Is that your mother? Don't go to church for baptism. Go to the mosque. Let them perform ablution on you because your sins are too many. May your husband or your wife, because they came into your hands, may you beautify them. Any environment you enter, may you beautify the environment. May your house be neat and clean. May your body be sinless. May your face even radiate the glory of God. May you look wonderful. The Bible said, and Moses was a proper child, and his parents hid him for three months because he was a proper child. And when he says that proper child, they really meant that Moses had some glistering glory around him. In fact, Josephus tells us that Moses looked so nice and radiated so much glory that when people walked past Moses, they stopped and looked at him until he disappeared. No wonder he went on Mount Sinai and when he came, his face was shining. When you are truly anointed, beauty will follow you. My Bible said God has made all things beautiful in his time. May you grow old and when you are 120 years, May your natural force not be abated. May your eyes not be dim. May God keep you glorious in the name of Jesus. Even when you are growing, you will grow nicely well. Am I talking to somebody at all? May you look beautiful and wonderful. May your car smell good. There are people, when you enter their car, you can't breathe. May your house smell good. In the name of Jesus. Beauty, when something comes into your hands, as soon as you handle it, it becomes beautiful. Number three, if your hands are anointed, you bring deliverance to people. 
Like David, you will break the jaws of the wicked. You will break the jaws of the lion and the bear and take the spoil out of their mouth. And like Job, you will break the jaws of the wicked and deliver the spoil out of their mouth. Look at what Job said in Job chapter 22 and the verse number 28 to 30. Job 22, verse 28 to 30. Thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. Verse number 29. When men are cast down, thou shalt say there is a lifting up and he shall say, and he shall save the humble person. My Bible said in the verse number 30, he shall deliver the island of the innocent and it is delivered by the pureness of your hands. God wants to use your hands to deliver your family. From today, may your hands be the hands of a deliverer. That whatever you touch is delivered in the name of Jesus. That is deliverance. So now, the leper, his hands are anointed. The leper now can touch things and they will be multiplied. Because previously, if the leper touched anything, they had to throw it away. Because the thing is desecrated. If the leper touched anything, it's desecrated, so it's not beautiful. But this time around, the leper is cleansed, and the things he touches are beautiful. Then the leper now can go and deliver other people. Finally, in those days, if a leper took something and gave you, even if he gives you 10,000 pounds, if he gave you 10,000 pounds, you will not receive it because his hands are leprous. But after the leper is cleansed, now he's a giver. The final thing about when somebody's, is an, when somebody's hands are anointed is that their hands are giving hands. Every day, every week of your life, you want to look at the kind of giving you do. The Bible said, Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. The capacity, the ability to give. There is that scattered and yet increases. Another one withholds more than his meat and it tends to poverty. He said, in the morning, sow thy seed, and in the evening, do not withhold your hand. May the Lord anoint your hands to be anointed hands that are givers. Amen. Listen, when you are anointed to get into the overflow, you must be a giver. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Sometimes you come across people who tell you, don't give, don't pay a tithe, don't give pledges. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know what? We give not because I'm trying to say something, but don't misunderstand me. I scarcely give because the Bible said give. I don't give because the Bible said give. I give because it's in my nature to give. I don't go to pee because the Bible said go and pee. How many of you pee because God said do? If you want, don't do it and see. You will bust a Santa. And I'm using pee because that one is decent. The other one. Refuse to do it and see. See? Even constipation, you can't deal with it. So some of you are financially constipated. They call something... Um, urine retention. You are suffering from money retention. House retention. In fact, you know what? Somebody who is not a giver is committing financial suicide. Yeah. 
because it's more blessed to give. Listen, I give not because. So many times when I sit in a service and people are reading scriptures about giving before an offering, I tell them I don't need this. I come to Jesus' house. I see this gargantuan structure. I see the work Pastor Agu is doing. Do I need Exodus 35 to give? When Moses said, bring shitting wood. Where is wood here? <laughs> and bring gold. Do I have gold? Am I a miner? The most annoying one is somebody, and, and Elijah, when Elijah, and they are very busy preaching these things. And when Elijah went to Zarephath, he told the woman, make a cake for me. Have I told you I need cake? <laughs> I'm sitting in this facility. I have hidden to pay. I have taxes to deal with. I have all these employees to deal with in the church. You are talking to me about a widow and cake. Can you imagine next Sunday everybody brings cake? and water. And when they ask them, they say they are bringing it to the prophet. Somebody too goes to take Genesis 22. God said, bring me Isaac's sacrifice. Ah. Since, when did, since when did God start calling for people's children? Listen. Giving is biblical. But you know what? Sometimes it's a subject of common sense. That the kind of work Pastor Agu is doing here, I don't need to be compelled to pay my time. Oh, 10%. 10%. Then people say it's an Old Testament thing. And I'm like, if it's an Old Testament thing, my Bible said, he who is forgiving less loves least, and the one who is forgiving much loves much. Now, they were forgiving less because the blood of bulls and goats were shed for them. In my case, the Son of God died and shed his blood. In their case, their sin was covered. In my case, my sin is taken away. So if they were giving 10%, I want to spit up. All my life, I've never given 10%. I've always gone above it. There are times I take everything I have. And give it. I did ministry for 22 years without a personal house. I was busy building church, building school. It was when my children passed, I said, no. I've rented the house for too long. And I kept remembering where they used to stand, where they used to sit, where we used to talk. And I said, I can't stay in this house. It's too painful. I want to move into another house. And I wanted to rent. And I said, no, instead of renting a house, Pearl, let my wife, let's try and build something. It was not until then. So you know what? I don't do that mathematics with God because I'm not a chartered accountant. Where I'm sitting there looking at exactly 10%. So your 10% is 55 pounds. And you are able to calculate the 55 pounds. Some people call, calculate 43.367 pounds. And they write it in the check. Um, 43. You are a very wicked man. <laughs> Why so mean? That 43 pounds, if you wrote 50, what will happen? Today we're in Manchester, we got to a place, the driver took us, dropped us somewhere, he, 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 and we were to give him five, four, four point something pounds. Where am I going to get that for? I, I gave him 10. I said, it's okay. Another one, I said, well, he comes from our area, just give him 20 pounds. It doesn't kill him. Giving is your nature. 
Giving should be your nature. I believe in all the scriptures about giving. But when I compare myself with the people in the Bible, where Jacob slept on a stone pillow, stone pillow, and got up from a stone pillow, and said, Lord, anything you give me, I will give you one tenth. I told myself, if somebody whose pillow is a stone is giving 10%, look at my pillow. Mba. <laughs> Pastor Agu, sorry. Oh. I have visited my country. Mba. And where I come from, they say, Mba. Mba. Stone pillow, 10%. Ha! And the man was walking. 10%. Look at the car you parked. Your car should always determine the offering you give. Not some long scriptures. Because even your car, you pay tax according to your car. You know be so. Oh, the room has become quiet. When I was talking about deliverance, amen. Beautification, amen. Multiplication, amen. Giving, mbano. Now, so you know, truly, I've never really needed scriptures to give. It's just like, you know what? You don't need all those scriptures to be holy. No. You have this nature. You are supposed to be holy. Don't you have self-shame and embarrassment to go and sin? So sometimes the scriptures are good, but they are supposed to take us to the next level. Not small, small elementary milk. You understand what I'm saying? So Paul said, they always need milk. May the Lord bless your hand, lift up your hands in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will bless your hand. Somebody lift up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. First of all, pray, Lord, anoint my hand. Just lift up only the right hand so we get used to what we are doing. Father, anoint my hand for multiplication. Pray it for three minutes. Oh, Jesus. And if you are here in this building today, and almost everything you are doing is drying up. Everything you are doing is drying up. Just stand up quickly. Everything you are doing is drying up. Stand up quickly. The things you are doing are just drying up. Things are drying up in your hand. Your finances are drying up. Your health is drying up. Your family is drying up. Things are just drying up in your life. Stand up quickly and come to me fast. Somebody just take some anointing oil and, put, and bring it to my side quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, Those of you standing, just come to me quickly. And when you are coming, just stretch your right, right hand. I have three minutes to execute this. Where's the oil? Thank you. Just stretch your hand towards me. Father, in Jesus' name, when I touch the hand, just go back and keep praying. Anything that is drying up. I pray for its multiplication as I anoint your right thumb. In the name of Jesus. Anoint. If I happen to do the left, it's because you gave me the left. So make sure you're giving me the right. Anoint. 
multiplication somebody pray multiplication somebody pray multiplication somebody pray multiplication thank you Jesus pray multiplication lift up your hand multiplication in the name of Jesus multiplication multiplication in the name of Jesus everything attached Father multiply it in the name of Jesus somebody take your right hand now take the right hand put it on your head that everything you touch should be beautified beautification pray in the name of Jesus nothing will be corrupted in your heart everything you touch will be beautified everything you touch beautification put your hand on your head and pray everything you touch beautification pray when I call something, try and hurry up so that when I move to the next one, you don't come because many times when I move to the next one, it means I've shifted. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Keep praying. Keep praying. Anything you touch, beauty, design, art, beautification, pray. Receive it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now lift up the right hand again. Lift up the right hand. Put it on your chest. And begin to decree that any island that is bound shall be delivered. He shall deliver the island of the innocent and it is delivered by the pureness of your hands. Pray in the name of Jesus that your hand will begin to deliver your family. Deliver your community in the name of Jesus. That nothing that is under your jurisdiction will be in bondage in the name of the Lord Jesus. Karus, Siba, Sania, Tom, Badiango Bozengamaha, Leparuzandika, Yakatunde Kabati, Iketelele Boshe, Yakatunda Rabandi Maha, Limbo Zagabianga, Akanto Sokobosa, Likatara Nababosa, Ragabrando Rimbaha, Rabantonica Biago Dozogobosha. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. May the Lord give you the courage. May the Lord give you the courage. May the Lord give you the courage to deliver people in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.